at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about holiness. We're focusing on holiness there. Follow peace with all men and without holiness in which no man shall see the Lord. Now, there's many holiness churches and there are preconceived ideas of what exactly is holiness. What we know holiness is, is partaking of God's divine nature. We see that it revolves around perfection. The work of the Holy Ghost, there is the grace that works upon the heart, the spirit of man, and its outward reflection in life. But we're going to see that these works were finished from the foundation of the world and was manifest when Jesus came in and died on the cross into the earth, died on the cross, there was buried and rose again and went back to his former glory. Now we're going to begin uh, Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Now the church at Corinth, they had the gifts of the Spirit in operation, but yet he told them, he said, are you still not carnal? Because there's divisions among you, envy, strife, hate, malice. Are you still not yet carnal? Well, in other words, the works weren't perfect, but it's not of works that any man should boast. So exactly what is the works that accompany salvation? And to come to perfection. Now in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we have the constitution for the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't mention anything about uh, repentance or baptism. He's talking about full fruits under perfection and the bylaws or the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. And he states there, in Matthew 5, so be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, that is a command. It's not a suggestion. Be ye therefore perfect. Now, perfect is full of maturity, but it is the act of faith and obedience. But God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So man cannot say that he has acquired faith because faith is the faith of God. When he says have faith in God, it literally is the faith of God. For God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And that measure of faith is a good measure. Whatever he's called, each individual member in the body of Christ, he has enabled them to do it by already distributing faith. This is true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and the things are the things of faith. Well, with all the things that are seen, that what we can see are temporal, temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. These are the spiritual things that's revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. Now, Paul, when we see this mystery, this mystery of Christ, but we find this mystery of wisdom, and it's a hidden wisdom. Now, we know in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, that this full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, we understand that, that it's all in him, by him, and through him. That works were finished from the foundation of the world in God's Logos, in his word, in his thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. But we find that whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. A predestination. 
to be conformed to the image of his son, that he must be be the firstborn among many brethren. So his whole idea, plan, and purpose and will is to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And Paul said, don't you know that all runneth in a race, but only one winneth the prize, therefore run that you may obtain. Obtain what? This pressing toward the mark for the high calling of God, for this prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now Paul stated to the church in Philippi, now, Lydia, the seller of purple, Paul had a few souls there that had came into God uh, there in faith, believing. They had repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, received the Holy Ghost. And Lydia said, you find me faithful. Uh, then putting the church in the house, Paul did. And while he was at Philippi, he said, I have not already attained, neither am I already perfect. Now, Paul wrote 14 books of the 27 books in the New Testament assuming that we uh, ascribe Hebrews to Paul, which this, this person does, I believe that he did. But he said, I am trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. If this is that spirit. Uh, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. I'm trying to apprehend that, that knowledge of uh, God uh, full acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he said, for this cause I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done, that I might win Christ and be found not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now that righteousness is what has to be obtained through obedience. But it's not all works. It's the works of Christ in and through us which he has already shown us the way, the truth, and the life, and dealt to every man the measure of faith. All we have to do is simply obey it. In other words, if you're told what to do to win a battle, and you're already given the provisions to do so, and you know that the outcome, that you're going to be the overcomer, you're going to be victorious, all you have to do then is obey and use the weapons of the warfare that he has given, that he's already distributed to us. And he did it from the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world in God's Logos, in his thought, plan, purpose, and will. But it was manifest in these last days, in other words, on the cross to effect that for each believer. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Now, Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, they were working in the spiritual gifts, working uh, there, and he said, everyone hath a tongue, everyone hath a gift, but he said, are you still not yet carnal? Then he speaks there in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and it's very profound that Paul says, how be it, this is 1 Corinthians to the Corinth church, chapter 2, verse 6. Now, notice that he says in verse 5 that your faith, now remember faith, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, not a short measure, a good measure. Whatever he's called you to do, you have the faith to obtain it. And 
He said, this faith, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Now, he's talking wisdom here, but not of the world, but in the power of God, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, watch the next verse. He says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. In other words, this will not be received by anyone that is not and has their heart focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ, not with just calling him Lord, Lord, but doing the things that he says. And that is the obedience that is required for faith to be appropriated whereby we please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he said, we speak this, this wisdom, not of the world, but this wisdom among them that are perfect. And that means that they're striving, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So when we define holiness, there's exceedingly great and precious promises given to us. Second Peter. Whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. Not our divine nature, not our faith, but his. So everything that is appropriated to us through faith has been paid for by Jesus Christ himself. So we can say, no works lest any man should boast. Paul put it this way, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live, yet not I. There's a power there. But Christ liveth in me. That effectual working of the Holy Ghost in grace, which is effectual working of that grace upon the heart in the spirit of man, they're believed in through obedience in the will, and then it's outward manifestation in life through the physical that we see that the person living for God and possessing his, his temple, his body, fleeing from and abstaining from all fleshly lust, having crucified them with the affections and the lust for Christ to live and manifest through that individual, through the believer. So it says, we speak this, this wisdom among them that are perfect. In other words, those that are pressing toward that mark, that are serving God with all their heart, soul, and might. They're the only ones that will be able to receive it. I speak these, this wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, all vanity. He said that we speak the wisdom of God. Now, with all of our getting, let us get wisdom. But that's one of the attributes of God. I have wisdom. Proverbs 8, dwell with prudence. With me is understanding. I daily was his delight. So if we delight ourselves in the Lord, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, is that beginning of wisdom. Not taught by the precepts of men, but through wisdom. And he says that we speak that wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. Now remember in Christ, in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he says that this, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world 
unto our glory. Well, not our glory. It's not our glory in as much as we claim that faith is ours or the glory is ours or the kingdom is ours, but that we obtain that or are made partakers of it through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us through the cross, which Jesus effected for us through his death, burial, and resurrection and redemption, justification, sanctification, and then ultimately our glorification. So he said, this was ordained for us, set aside before the world unto our glory. So God wants to reveal his glory in and through us to the praise of his glory. He said, which none of the prince of this world knew, for if they had known it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. The princes of this world, all the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. If they'd have known that, they would have not have crucified the, the Lord of glory. Now watch it here. He says, but as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him, but is revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now that's the faith that was once delivered to the saints, but now it goes from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord until we're changed and conformed into the same image. That's holiness. So holiness is us obtaining that glory, not our glory, not our faith, but in obedience to it. So therefore, we find in Romans 6, we have that provision. We have everything in the power of God unto salvation. But it requires obedience. Because Paul stated to the church at Rome, Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are ye the servants to whom you obey whether of sin and of death. Now somebody says, wait a minute. I have the Holy Ghost. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. I, I already have salvation. But yet, to the obtaining of that glory, through that, that mystery of wisdom, which before the world, the foundation of the world, was ordained for our glory, for the believer's glory, it has to be obtained. But it's simply through obedience because the way, the truth, and life has already been declared and given freely to us as a free gift. But if we do not operate that, if we don't exercise the faith, I have a present given to me, but if I do not receive it and use it, the free gift, then it affects nothing. It becomes uh, unto sin, unto death. But if we, through obedience unto righteousness, we yield our members as servants to obey, not of sin unto death, but unto obedience unto righteousness. Now let's take a look at that in Romans 6 and notice how Paul writes that. He says, Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey. Now that is Romans 6, 16. His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. 
Now he goes on and explains that. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Now to be a servant requires obedience. Notice he says in the next verse, speaking of holiness, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Now, He comes on and says, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So this holiness is not just a beginning, nor is it just the process, but it's fully overcoming to the end to be a partaker of his divine nature. And Paul states this for us in Hebrews 4, that take heed to yourselves, lest a promise slip any of you, that you should seem to come short of entering into his rest, for there remaineth a rest to the people of God, a, an eternal sabbatico, an eternal rest to the people of God. If Jesus had given them rest. Now somebody said, well, that's Joshua. Yes, And Jesus, Jesus said, the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. When we cease from our own labors, our own works, our own labors, then we enter into his rest, not ours, his rest. So we're strengthened not by our power. We're standing in what? In the power of his might, his faith that he has dealt to us. His glory that he made us partakers of and partakers of his divine nature. So there is a mystery, that mystery of wisdom. That mystery of wisdom there is carried out and we receive it and obtain it simply through obedience as servants unto obedience unto righteousness unto holiness. Now, with that said, we go to did Jesus really mean for us to be to be perfect? And we find in, in the sower, the parable of the sower, for you know all parables. This is a parable that you need to know and understand and acknowledge so that you will know all parables. And a sower went out to sow. We know the sow uh, there, what he's sowing is the word of God. It says so. Now, we're going to have four different states on that heart. The heart will have four different conditions. And he says, and to you it's given to know the mysteries. Now, here's this mystery of wisdom. It's the mysteries of the kingdom of God. It's the mysteries of how faith works and freely given to us of God. But then it has to be appropriated and obtained and affected by our obedience not of our own works, but obedience to his leading of the Holy Ghost. As many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
But it says, others, he spoke in parables. That seeing they might not see, hearing they might not understand. So Paul said, I'm speaking to those which are perfect. Because those are the ones that's going to have spiritual ear to hear the word of God. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Everyone's heard this and you know it. These, those by the wayside, are those that hear. Then cometh the devil. Now we're in spiritual warfare all the time. We realize that. But immediately the devil comes and taketh away the word out of their hearts. The word always accomplishes that word in a sense. It pricks the heart. It's there. But then it becomes the decision in the soul volition of the believer now that has received the word, whether or not he's going to believe it, hold on to it by faith, and appropriate it in obedience, or whether he's going to say, well, uh, no, and that will be plucked out of his heart as we see that that immediately the devil taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. All they had to do is be is believe in order to go on to salvation. It's a progressive work. And it goes from faith to faith, from glory to glory. But there's another state of the heart. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe. They come in, they receive the word of God, they have joy, uh, they believe it for a while, and in the time of temptation, fall away. In the trial of their faith, whether they want to put God first in their life with all their heart, soul, and might, they let it drop away. So, that, that, uh, a temptation, a tribulation, and persecution arises for the word's sake, as Matthew states it, by and by they become offended. And this you will have tribulation and persecution with the word of God. Because you're not of the world, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So that's part of it. Now, tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake, by and by they're offended. Temptations happen. And uh, while they believe, but in time of temptation, they fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Why not? Because of pleasures. And the church has got so worldly and the world's got so churchy, you can't tell the difference because people go to church for showtime. Great orators, dancers, programs, singers, musicians, which for worshiping God is wonderful, but we have to do it in spirit and not just there and in truth. And we have to be in the present light of the word of God and the truth Walk in the light as he's in the light in the present season of God. And that's where the problem comes in. Because uh, the Lord has moved way on down the, the progressive road in faith. And we come to the measure of the statue of Jesus and to a perfect man. We're still holding back on a Pentecostal move. Waiting for Azusa Street. Waiting for another revival. And we've got to focus on that which is behind and not forward. That which is above us. Which is ahead of us. 
in glory. And we're satisfied with a broken down Pentecostal house when God has already moved on to the, the glory house of tabernacles in the ministry voice of Jesus. So God, to help us get along, takes a rod. And that rod of chastening, chastisement, to get us where we believe him, it becomes uh, the judgment of God. Lest we be uh, literally condemned with the world. And that's the reason God does it. And of course, we're having that now. We've got COVID-19. We've got forests. We've got fires uh, all through the West Coast of America, Canada. We have them in, in Australia, Russia. We have them in Spain. And they, all of these ice the ice cap melting, uh, global warming, the water's uh, ascending higher now, uh, the water's level rising in the sea, the ocean's there. Uh, why? Because we're able to return back to God, not to destroy us, get our attention. And God does this through famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast, the four sword, four sword judgments of God to get us to turn to him. Well, then finally, then in some fellow on good ground, and bring forth some 36 to 60, some 100 fold. Luke says 100 fold, and that's in Luke 8. Now, with that said, what is holiness? Well, somebody said you can't be holy as long as you're in the flesh and you're down here in this world. As long as you're in this earth, in an earthly body, a fleshly body, you can't be perfect. But yeah, let's take a look. When we go back to Noah was perfect in his generation. Why was he perfect? Because he was walking in the light. He's easy in the light. And God, because he had repented him that he had made man upon the earth, because all their thoughts and all their actions and everything they did was provoking God. And none were seeking the Lord their God. None was giving him glory. So therefore, he was going to destroy man from off the earth. But Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. How did he find grace? That grace is the effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon the heart. And then it's that reflection in life is through obedience. So the saving of himself by building the ark and believing God, he condemned the world. Why? Through faith. Because he obeyed God. We find also, let's take a look at Enoch. Now, there's a lot to be said there, and we're going to say that holiness is simply the body of Christ coming unto perfection. Somebody said, well, that's a simple definition of holiness. Well, yes. Follow peace with all men and without holiness in which no man shall see the Lord. Well, Holiness there is partakers of his divine nature. We find there that holiness is in belief to the Lord God and being partaker of his divine holiness unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And it's then when God has perfected his body through his work, the work of the ministry. Well, who's doing the work? God worketh in you. Both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Who's doing the work? God worketh in you. That's the works of the Holy Ghost, not us. 
And that's where you have the key to wisdom. It's a mystery of wisdom. And it's all in Christ Jesus, which was done from the foundation of the world. To the praise of God, but ordained for our glory, the body of Christ, but to the praise of his glory, because when he glorifies and brings many sons unto perfection, unto glory, unto holiness, it's to the praise of his glory when he gathers all things together in one in Christ Jesus, which is a mystery of the kingdom of God. It's a mystery of his will from the foundation of the world to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a mystery of wisdom. And that wisdom now revealed in the last days, the wisdom of God, which takes the wisdom of the world to be total foolishness. That man thinks he's going to save himself. Global warming. Uh, the agenda 21. Uh, 2030. They're going to uh, save the planet. They'll do nothing. God, that, that is determined, will be done. There will be famine, pestilence, sword, and noise and beast according to God's word. We find that Enoch. And Enoch, the seventh from Adam. We have Noah, the tenth from Adam. When you have 7 plus 10, you have 17, which is the seventh prime. 257, 11, 13, 17. That's the seventh prime, which that's the reason why whenever uh, Peter, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, said, I go fishing. And whenever the Lord appeared to them on the shore, that Peter said, and uh, it's the Lord. And he dove into the water and swam back there to the Lord. He had been resurrected. And when he did, they had caught 153 fish. 153? That's exactly right. 17 times 9. 17, the work of the ministry, times 9 is the gifts of the Spirit. But if we take 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 will equal what? 153. It's the work of the ministry. And that's where he will bend heaven down to earth and take the ordinances of heaven, the Maseroth, and place them in the earth that God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's perfection that we all may be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. And that for everyone to know how to, to keep his vessel from uncleanness and keep it in holiness, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Well, how do you do that? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God is fear of God's the beginning of wisdom, and that's the mystery of wisdom Christ in you, the Holy Ghost in you, Christ in you, working in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. For any man that does not do the will of God will not make the kingdom of heaven. We find that in Matthew 7. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 5, last verse, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, be you therefore, why? Because everything I've said heretofore, has been for your perfection. Now, 
Obey it. Do it. And by obedience, you will have that mystery of wisdom, the mystery of the kingdom, that mystery of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that faith that will please God and that faith that was once delivered to the saints and overcoming to the end, coming unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, which is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world in Ephesians 1, to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Who's doing the gathering? He is. Who's working in and through you? He is. God is. Christ is. Christ is God. We find that 17 is the work of the ministry. So we take seven, the seventh from Adam, Enoch, and the tenth from Adam, Noah, and at that time, that's the work of God manifest, and Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord when God was going to destroy the earth. Enoch being the seventh from Adam, Enoch's name literally means to initiate discipline. Literally to train up. That's his very name. The disciple. He's a seventh from Adam. Now, let's take a look at Genesis 5 and we'll see why Enoch was translated. Because he's coming unto holiness. He's coming unto perfection. In his generation. In his day. But take a look at it. Now, all these others are living to 900, 840 years, etc., etc. Methuselah, which was begotten of Enoch, lived 969 years, the oldest man that ever lived. And that Methuselah, after he dies, it shall be seen. Selah, after he dies, Methuselah, at least shall be seen. And, uh, and it was birth of, uh, of Enoch. Well, let's take a look. And it says there in... Genesis 5, verse 21, and Enoch lived 65 years and beget Methuselah. Now, 65, that's 65, and then he's going to live another 300 years. 300 is the number of the man-child. Because as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, a solar year is 365 and a quarter days. Then we have a prophetic year. The solar year is shown to us in Ezekiel. 365 and a quarter days. Then we have the prophetic year in Daniel. 360 days. And then we have that lunar year. Uh, there from a memory serves me right as 347. Uh, there uh, days in a lunar year based upon the moon, the lunar. So we have that in Jeremiah, the lunar year in in Jeremiah, then Ezekiel, the solar year, and then Daniel, the prophetic year. So we have from the time the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination that setteth up shall be 1,290 years. Now, from a time times they have three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days, we find that that is 30 days longer. And we have a second Adar there in the Jewish year to add that second Adar in to make that 
prophetic calendar equal the solar calendar to bring all things together in one. That is the sun, 365 and a quarter. Moon, uh, 347. And uh, that prophetic uh, being 360. That is the stars. So you have the sun, moon, and the stars for signs, seasons, days, and years. There. Well, those are signs. The signs of sealing. So we'll have that in Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Jeremiah, lunar year, Ezekiel, solar year, Daniel, prophetic year. And we're finding that Enoch is going to the 365. A full bringing lunar, prophetic, and solar year to fullness. Very important. Now, when we look at that, he's 65 years old. He begets, at that time, Methuselah. After he dies, it shall be seen. His name means that. And after he begat Methuselah, 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. Now, 300, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, remember, these works are finished from the foundation of the world in Christ. So known to God are all his works from the beginning to the end, for he knows all things, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing God, which is Christ, our Lord Jesus. And he says he and lived another 300 years. Now, that 300 plus of 65 is a full, not just lunar, of 347, not just solar, 365 of our prophetic of 360, but the 365. So we're seeing a consummation, a fullness of things, overcoming to the end, a full perfection there in Enoch, which literally means to be initiated, to initiate it. So very at this time, Enoch, 65 years old, begets Methuselah, and then after lives through another 300 years, which is much less than the other uh, Antiluvians before the flood. Why? Take a look here. Now remember the ark of Noah was 300 cubits long. We find that, that very profound in that the ark was 300 cubits long, 30 cubits high, which is the number of blood, and, and it's also uh, the years of the high priest, becoming high priesthood, numbers four, 300 cubits long and 50 cubits wide. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Waters prevailed upon the earth there 150 days. We find that in that prophetic month, 30 days, 150 days, that gives us five months that the waters prevailed. The same that we find in five months in the plague of the locust in the fifth, the fifth trumpet in Revelation 9. Locusts upon the earth and shall hurt men five months. The same as it was in the days of Noah. The waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days or five months. The same we see in Revelation 9 with the fifth trumpet. At the abyss, the bottom of the spit is opened up. Apollyon and Abaddon that comes out, a king over them, a destroyer. Now, here we have Enoch. He lives another 300 years. It speaks of that fullness of time of the man-child, which is 30, 300, 
and 50 work with the Holy Ghost, 300 cubits long that is manifested in the earth. If you ever dream of 300, it's manifest, and it speaks of the man-child, the work of the ministry. 30 is the price of blood that brought it, 30 cubits high in Noah's Ark. 50 cubits wide, the work of the Holy Ghost, Pentecost. Now, Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Now, that he was what? He was not, for God took him. Now, I didn't say took him. The heaven said he just took him. And he was not because he had this testimony that he pleased God. We find that in, in Hebrews 11. Now, what is a not? And, and Enoch, and he was not. Not is ain. It is the 16th letter in the ABC diary of the Hebrew ABC diary, which is noted in your Bible in Psalm 119. From the aloft to the tav. Every one of those letters have a numerical value and has a picture that goes with it. And here we have that letter 16 has a miracle value of 70. 70, the number of restitution, restoration. How, how many times shall we forgive them? Seven times, Peter said. Jesus said until 70 times seven. 70 is restitution, restoration. That's the reason we find in Daniel 9, 24, 70 weeks that are trumpeted upon the holy city of Jerusalem. And we're going to find the street and the wall Rebuilt, it's going to it's going to seal up the vision and anoint the most holy. And even in troublous time, the street and the wall built again, even in troublous time. That final work of God. Here we have uh, Enoch being the Ain, and he was not, and he was Ain, not is Ain, A Y I N, the sixteenth letter, which also has a gematria of seventy, restoration. So it's a fullness to initiate. His very name means initiated. To discipline, discipled. He pleased God. And he was not for God took him. He was not. He was Ain. It was a completion. He was a seventh. Seven perfected number. Perfect. Now we're back to perfection, of which is holiness. Going up into Jesus in all things and be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that God after you have suffered for a while Peter said God established strengthen settle you make you perfect but that's through sufferings you're not only called to believe on Jesus but also to suffer for his name's sake and when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake many are offended and bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Cares of this world, the pleasures of sin for a season, chokes the word. They can't hear from God. So Paul says, I'm speaking this mystery to them that are perfect. Now the ones that are in a position, they can hear this word. So we're making this podcast for those that know there's more in coming unto perfection, unto holiness. Not just righteousness, but righteousness unto holiness. And that's the reason Enoch went all the way to Ain. And he was Ain. He was not. That's the initiative. That's the discipline. He didn't please God. And he was not for God took him. He translated him. Now, to understand that, Noah was perfect in his generation. Somebody said, you can't be perfect. Well, Noah was. Because in his generation, 
to the saving of his soul, he built an ark. He believed, he believed God simply by obedience. He believed God, building of the ark, and a preacher of righteousness. Righteousness is that Jesus came from God, went back to God. He believed the word. If you have and believe the testimony that God gave of his son, then you have set to your testimony, your seal, that God is true. What is that? That he is God, the invisible spirit that came of the world and was made visible, the image of his person. He is God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And God has taken back the nations to those that have an ear to hear in this mystery of wisdom. But only those that are perfect will hear it. In other words, that are striving to perfection. Now look, Paul didn't say I'm already perfect, neither have I already attained. But he said, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I've apprehended of Christ. I'm reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind. Pressing toward the mark. That mark is not an aloft. It's not a bethagonal. It's not the first 21 letters. It's all the way through the 22nd letter of the ABC diary that you see in Psalm 119, the longest chapter in your Bible. From the aloft through the top, and each of those letters from the aloft through the top have eight verses, and under each one of eight being new beginnings. Eight is the number of new beginnings, a new thing. The first beginning of the creation of God, and what means that Christ created it all, that He is God. That work of the ministry in perfection. Those works were finished from the foundation of the world in Christ Jesus. Now is imputed to us by faith. All we have to do is believe. There in the book of Job, we find Job's name literally means persecuted. Consider Job as an example of long-suffering. And there, Job being afflicted. And we think, well, it's just a month or two that Job was uh, scraped the skin off of the, the bulls off his skin. and uh, But we find that uh, some will say two years, as many as five years, that Job had this, this uh, uh, move against him and to the point where he lost all. He suffered the loss of all things. He lost not only his cattle, his sheep, his everything. He lost his sons and daughters. Even his wife said, curse God and die. He said, you speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we not have good at the hand of the Lord? And shall we not suffer evil also? That evil is raw, meaning tribulation, persecution. We are literally made to be an example for the world. Paul said, we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. Trouble on every side, but not in distress. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. What? There comes in that First Peter 4.1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, the captain of our salvation is made perfect through sufferings. But we have left the cross out of the church. We have a crossless Christianity. And we've got and supplanted that with 
pleasures, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, preaching riches. You give God a thousand, he give you 10,000 back. It is a literal, sublime era against, a plight against the Holy Ghost to trick the body of Christ as Baal, Balaam did, to commit sin. Say if you give God a thousand, he'll give you 10,000 back. You're in debt, give God an offering, he'll pay off your debts. <laughs> well, they've done it through the pleasures of this life, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. And by doing that, they have choked the word of God in the church. <laughs> There's no work, work of God. There's no faith that is demonstrated in healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walking captive going free. We preach in Africa. We'll see many, many, many miracles over there. We've seen blind eyes open. Deaf mute speaking here. We've seen the legs uh, grow out. We've seen those that were uh, had, had their limbs. Uh, now, now, I'm saying we hadn't seen some in America. We have. But we see much more over there. Why? Because they believe. They're, they're, they're suffering. They're, they will believe God and receive his word. But here in America, we're caught up on pleasures, money, cares of this world, that deceitfulness of riches. And we focus on that money in most of the big ministers. And what happens is it chokes the word. It becomes unfruitful. We have a crossless Christianity there. And when that happens, there is no manifestation of God. We've cut it off. We have literally choked the word of God. And the signs, miracles, and wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost are to confirm his word. We don't follow the signs. Signs follow them that believe in my name. So we have got the emphasis on money rather than on God. Thinking, well, if he had money, we could do something for God which is totally wrong. God doesn't need the money. God doesn't. Somebody said, well, you can't preach without it. God will send you. God will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. All you have to do is obey. And through obedience, if you lift him up, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's not through a dollar bill. It's not through great television ministries or whatever. It's through obedience, lifting up the Lamb of God and taking away the sin of the world. Lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'll draw all men unto me. Not to you, to me. Somebody said, well, I want it in my ministry. Can't have it in your ministry. If your heart is right, you just want to see the soul saved. And when you do that, God is honored. Book of Job. Job was a man feared God to shoot evil, was perfect in all his ways. Well, now we have Noah being perfect. But they didn't say they were perfect. God said they were. Now, in other words, these were men that feared God. They eschewed evil. They didn't want. They hated evil. And by doing that, it pleased God. And they were perfect in their generation. We find in the book of Psalms. Notice in Psalm 18. And this is David talking, writing it, verse 32. It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. 
It's God that does it, not us. It's God that worketh in us both the willing to do of his good pleasure, not us. We want to make that perfectly clear. So holiness is not something that we can put on or take off. Holiness is a state that we are in God by faith in pleasing him, just as Enoch. The aim, that's a fountain of truth. The aim is 70, restoration, restitution. It's the 16th letter, salvation. It is the fountain of an eye, the eye. If thine eye be single, thy whole body's full of light. There's the aim. Enoch had it. Enoch was aim, not. That's the reason God took him. He pleased God. Well, David said here, God is the one that girdeth me with strength. The strength, not physical strength, the strength of the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And maketh my way perfect. A perfect way before God. We see a Psalm of David again, Psalm 101. And here we see in verse 6, May mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So if we serve God, he makes our way perfect. Here's a promise. God saying, mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. Call, chosen, and faithful. Many are called, few chosen. But if we literally destroy the works of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, those that are Christ have crucified that flesh with the affections and the lust, not living to youthful lust, but unto holiness, yielding our members unto obedience, unto righteousness, unto holiness. He said, if that, all mine eyes will be upon that faithful and that they may dwell with me. That dwelling with God. He dwells with you and you and God. And he that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So just by serving God and obedience unto righteousness is the perfect way. Counted to us. Not that we're saying we're perfect. But notice that Paul says. Notice what he says to the church of Levite. He said, now, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. Reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting the things which are behind. Pressing toward the mark. That mark is a tov. Not at the beginning, but the end. Him that overcometh to the end. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, we know that all runneth in a race, but only one winneth the prize. What is that? The king priesthood where we will reign and rule with Christ a thousand years. I have calling God to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus unto a perfect man. He said, and as many as be perfect, be thus minded. If you're perfect in God's sight, you're always striving, pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, and as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded than this, God will reveal this even unto you. Now, many of you will now say, wait, there's more for me. Yes, believer, there's more for you. God has a special work for you that is above all you can think or imagine. 
for them that love him. You see, that I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them, but is revealed by the Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. These are members in particular, different ministrations, but one Spirit, one and the self same Spirit, that we all may grow up into Him in a fitly framed body, the body of Christ, making but one man, Jesus the head, we the body of this craft, we the body of the Christ. Which, he said, is if, if, if the, the members are compacted together and whichever joint supplies, joint you have to have a bone gathered to this bone, gathering together in one, in the unity of the faith, and that whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself, building up of itself, building up of itself in love. Somebody said, well, how do I work this? Simply obey God because the works are already finished from the foundation of the world. It's already done. All you have to do is believe. It will be, it will be appropriated to you by faith. You will please God by that faith. Where did I get the faith? God gave it to you. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. What have you called you for? You have the faith to do it. Somebody said, well, can I make it happen? You can't make anything happen. It's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Somebody said, I don't like where I'm at. Don't be murmurs. Don't be complainers. Because we provoke God to jealousy. He said at that time, in that time of provocation, he destroyed all those that provoked him to anger. Saying, can God provide a table in the wilderness? And, And we know what happened at that time. And uh, whenever the, uh, they said, can God provide a table of willers? They gave quail all the way up to uh, where they had, uh, all the way up uh, where they were eating. It was all the way up to their nostrils. And when God gave it to them, uh, then while they were eating it, he destroyed them. That mixed multitude, murmurs, complainers, he destroyed. We can't murmur, can't complain, realizing it's God that worketh in us, both the will and do of His good pleasure, not ours. Someone said, I can't pay my bills. Well, thank God. Keep going. God is faithful. Somebody said, well, He supply all of our riches according to His glory by Christ Jesus. Yes, He will. Does that mean you'll never uh, be without electricity? Paul said it, uh, or be able to pay all your bills? No. He didn't promise that. And somebody said, well, David said, I'm old. I was once young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed breaking bread. Well, God give us this day our daily bread. We're talking about the word of God here. Now, if you want to, he's going to supply all you need according to the riches of glory of Christ Jesus. He will. The man that uh, labors out there, uh, if a man don't work, neither let him eat. But there is. Paul said at this present time, we do hunger. Well, Paul's hungry. What did he do wrong? Nothing. He's doing the will of God. We at this present hour do hunger. He was going through a time, fasting's often. And I always said, why? We're bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. 
Why? That the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. This will help you that where you get all bent out of shape saying, well, God hadn't provided for this. He hadn't provided for that. Yes, he has. But you're looking for it in the shape of money. And that's just not the case. That's what's been taught in the churches. That's just not the case. We which always live are delivered unto death. That the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live, that's the body of Christ, are always delivered unto death. The death, that's the cross. Why? That the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest. Where? In our mortal bodies. And this light affliction, not a great affliction, just light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us. It works, yes, it worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So you which are troubled rest with us when the Lord shall be revealed from heaven in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God for our testimony among you was believed when he comes to be glorified in his saints that glory is to be revealed in you notice he says here in Psalm 101 mine eyes shall be God said mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. By serving God is that perfection. Watch what he says. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. Somebody said, well, I, I just used this to use it for God. I stole to use it for the kingdom. No. He said, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Well, they told me, preacher said, if I just sell out and give all God's, it's going to make the way and I'm going to have houses on the hilltop and stretch limousines and my bank account's going to be full. My business is going to flourish and, and it just hadn't happened. Well, I wonder why. Cares of this world, deceitful of wishes, the pleasures of this life chokes the word. It becomes unfruitful. That's not the gospel. God said, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. My goodness. Well, that's pretty stout. Isaiah puts it this way. God's holy. Somebody said his name is Jesus. It is Jesus. But Jesus, Jehovah is salvation, is and has every attribute that God is, was, or ever will be. He is the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father. He is Jehovah. He is the Tetragrammaton. He's the yod ha He is the A to the Z, the Allah through the Tav, in the Hebrew ABC theory, everything that God is, was, or ever will be. Bereshit Barah Elohim 8. Hashemayim Vayert Hayertz. He is that 8. That is the center branch. Bereshit, Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, 8, Asher, Mayim, Bayat, Hayertz. That middle shaft of that seven, of that seven, <laughs> is 8, the Law of Tav, which is the longest chapter in your Bible, the Law to the Tav. And that Law to the Tav 
is he that overcometh at the end through obedience unto righteousness unto holiness. And holiness in the final summation of it all that God gathers all things together in one in Christ Jesus. It's all in him, by him, and through him. And that's holiness. It's all done by him, through him, and for his good pleasure to the praise of his glory, not ours. And when you have that, just rest back and be content with such things as you have. For God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I like this in Isaiah 57. I'll share it with you. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one. Capitalize. Why? Because God's one. He's not a trinity. He's not a second person of the Godhead. Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed in the days of his flesh, glorified with the Father's own self, set down in that throne, not beside it. Revelation 3.21. Glorified with the Father's own self. John 17.5. He is a blessed and only potentate. 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. The blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty. The Son of God is that God Almighty. The Son of God has come and give us an understanding of Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son. This is the only true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Who is a liar but he that not that Jesus is the Christ? I just, that was 1 John 5, 20. 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, the Hamashiach, the God that should come into the earth and manifest himself. Emmanuel, not Emmanuel Jr., not Jehovah Jr., but God himself. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he, that Jesus is the Father, that Jesus is the Word, that Jesus is the Lord, that Jesus is Jehovah, that Jesus is Elohim, that Jesus is El Shaddai. He is Antichrist that has denied both the Father, who is the Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, Elohim, El Shaddai. He's denied the Father and the Son. Why? Because the Son is that Father revealed. He that acknowledges the Son already has the Father. Why? Because the Son is the Father revealed. 1 John 2.22. That's the doctrine of Christ. That's what gets you through that working of the Holy Ghost, that effectual working of grace that reigns through righteousness. And that's a mystery of wisdom. That it's all in him, by him, and through him. Works finished from the foundation of the world. So many works that we do are not ours, but through him that has sanctified us, saved us, sanctified us, redeemed us, and will ultimately glorify us. It's all in him, by him, and through him. For thus saith the Lord, the high and lofty one, preaching that Jesus' only doctrine here of Christ, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is capital H, holy, whose name is holy. His name is holy. That's who he is. He is the whole Jesus. Who is that? He's the Holy One of Israel. That's an omniscient, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty, the Son of God, the Father, the everlasting Father, Isaiah 9, 6. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Are you haughty? You think you're a preacher, God's gift to man? <laughs> God can't make it without you. <laughs> well, I'm being a little facetious there. 
He's looking for the broken, a man that is broken of a contrite spirit. He dwells with that man. And I, when I say man, I mean man, woman, boy, girl, mother, daddy, grandmother, grand, granddaddy, grandmother, whatever. I dwell with him as of a contrite and humble spirit to what? To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Those that have humbled themselves before God, he will raise up. But the haughty that goes before destruction, the proud look before a fall, he will cut down. But exalts those that are broken and contrite spirit. Notice that he says uh, there in Matthew 5, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And then he says, those that do not do that, Matthew 7, verse 21, not all that saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Oh, my goodness. Serious, serious thing. Not be able to enter what? The kingdom of heaven, for which we also suffer. Not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Nobody can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. The Spirit gives you that revelation. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. These are one God people. But they have not done the will of God. They have not had that mystery of wisdom. They haven't literally obeyed the leading of the Holy Ghost where he's saying, here's the way, walk in it. That is greater than any spirit in the world. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. The spirit of the world cannot pull you away for God is greater. It's your own volition, your own will that does it. And Jesus said, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, you're going to be able to enter in. Very sad. Then they begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've cast out devils. We prophesied in your name. We've done many wonderful works in your name. Anybody does a miracle in Jesus' name cannot speak lightly of him, can't speak lightly of him. Jesus said, so forbid him not. But we have to do the will of God. We have to come unto obedience unto righteousness and have our fruits, fruits, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, against this there is no law. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of holiness. That's the divine nature of God. And that's what he's looking for. And that's, well, that's the only ones that will abide with him in that high and holy place in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, now let's say to me, Lord, Lord, be able to enter in. They said, oh, Lord, we done, we cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the spirit of God. Well, the holiness is the work that's already finished. That's right. It's already finished. The work of faith is already done. Jesus completed it on the cross. It was done from the foundation of the world. It was manifest when he came into the world and died on the cross, rose again, went back. Glorified for the Father's own self, all power in heaven and earth given unto him. That same Jesus in you crucified. God has made him both Lord and Christ. Jesus has destroyed the temple of my body. In three days, I'll raise it up. Jesus raised his own body up, showing that he truly is the Son of God, the Father, the everlasting Father revealed. 
Depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I never knew you, for you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. You didn't bring forth fruits unto holiness. You didn't take on the divine nature of God through these great and exceeding precious promises given to us whereby we can escape, we can escape the corruption of the world through lust. And we crucify the, the flesh with the affections and the lust that we might, that we might be literally a partaker of his divine nature in holiness. Holiness is simply we have the final maturity, perfecting of the body of Christ. He's coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, perfect in all their ways. Jesus said to that rich man, the rich young ruler, he said, what can I do? What shall I do then inherit eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. He, he said, what, which ones? He said, you know, honor your father and mother, not uh, bear false ones, etc." He said, all these I've kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Now, Jesus loved him. This, this wasn't a, a slap. Jesus loved this man and said, if you will be perfect, I'll read it to you. Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect. In other words, come unto obedience unto this righteousness. Crucify that flesh with the affections of the lust. You want to put a, you want to put a knife in it? You want to put that cross in it and destroy it once and for all? Showing that broken, broken, humble, and contrite, literally casting away the cares of this world that deceitfulness of riches and the pleasures of this life. But watch it when you do it. Because when you do that, you make a sanctification, a consecration, and a sanctification to the Lord your God that you will bear that, bear that cross in humility and a broken and contrite spirit and to the end. It's not something to be taken lightly. He said, if you will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast. Give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. He gave him an invitation to be one of his disciples. Somebody said, well, that's not what he said. Well, Luke 12, Jesus said, sell that you have. Give alms, offerings. But fight for yourself treasures in the heavens, where moth and rust doth not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Now, if you will be perfect, you make that giant step. As they did in Acts of the second chapter, all that had lands and possessions sold them and laid them at the apostles' feet. Are you telling us to do that today? No. I'm not telling you anything. You go by the leading of the Holy Ghost. Are you telling us that we can't go for money? I'm not telling you anything. All we're doing is bringing a message for the, that the Lord has placed on our heart to give to those in the mystery of wisdom for the perfect. Simple as that. That man went away from sorrowful. Jesus said, how hardly should those that have riches enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It, it was uh, in... John 17, the work is already finished for the foundation of the world and righteousness and holiness. 
But we have to perfect holiness in the fear of God, which is wisdom in that mystery of wisdom that can only be spoken to the perfect. As Paul stated to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians second chapter. Now, when he says in John 17, and he said in verse 17, now we we through the podcast, we have one on sanctification, which sanctification is a ceiling in different measures. Sanctify yourself holy, W-H-O-L-O-Y, both spirit, soul, and body. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Now, he tells us here that sanctification is through obedience of the faith of God that he's already dealt to you, that dealt to me. If you're in the body of Christ, God has dealt to you the measure of faith. Whatever he's called you for, he's given you ability to do it. Notice in verse 17, that is John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord spoke to us in a visitation. The war of the Lord came and said, seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. This is not for any of our righteousness or our holiness, but for his name's sake. We're just preachers, pop the rag, shine your shoes. That's our job. But that is through the truth, the word. You've got to sanctify them. The Holy Ghost speaks of Jesus. He is the word of God. On his vesture, dipped in blood. His name is called the word of God, Revelation 19, 13. And he said, sanctify them through thy truth. As thou hast sent me into the world. Now that word was set. And the word was made flesh. Now, he said, even so have I also sent them into the world. Through what? That you're some divine flesh? No way. Is Jesus divine flesh? No way. He is the word. And we partake of that word and proclaim that word. The word is his. And we receive that word through these great and precious promises Exceedingly great and precious promises given to us for one reason, to escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made protectors of his divine nature, the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us all the way into all truth, not partial truth, all truth. When that perfect is come, all that which is important to be done away with, then we will be, we will know even as we're known of him. Now, and he said, thou hast sent me into the world, even so I send them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That's the days of his own flesh. Jesus was made under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. Not above the law. He was an Adam after the fall. He took on him the seed of Adam. uh, I'm sorry, the seed of the woman, which was an Adam after the fall. So that's what we see in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? The word came and was made flesh. He sent his word, which is that divine expression. The, the word is the expression office of God, the express thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. And the word was made flesh. Well, the word was God. The word is God. The word's always been with God and always is God. But it is a different function of that spirit. The Father's that administrative office of the spirit. The word is the expression office of that same spirit. The Holy Ghost is that power office of that same spirit. It's just different functions, but one and the self same spirit. And for that reason, Jesus said, He made the captain, He was made 
God himself in his own body of flesh, that flesh made and under the law to redeem us under the law. He sanctified himself and made the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. And that's the reason 1 Peter 4, 1, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that they also might be sanctified through the truth, the word. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. It's the word being preached. We believe the word, not the individual, but the word that they're preaching. Notice at verse 21, that they all may be one. Now, God's will from the foundation of the world and the mystery of wisdom is God's, the mystery of his will, Ephesians 1, from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one, in Christ Jesus. That is the whole perfection in holiness for the body of Christ, that they all may be sanctified holy unto fruits of holiness, fruits unto holiness, that divine nature of God, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me. Now, Jesus is speaking in the days of his flesh, as thou art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. Not that we're God, but we're in agreement, one. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Well, what's sent? The word. He sent his word and healed him. The word was made flesh. Not a second person of the Godhead. It's God came into the world. The word made flesh. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one in the self-same spirit. First John 5, 7. Then he says, And the glory which thou gavest me... I have given them. Now, when Jesus came into the world, he had made himself of no reputation. Made himself of no reputation is laid aside all glory so he could work salvation as a man. Made of a woman, made an under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. Romans 8, 3, and what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. How did he send his son? Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, gets God sent forth his son. How? Not the father speaking to Junior up there. Hey, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. The word. Made flesh. Made of a woman. Made and under the law. To redeem us that were under the law. Now he has sent forth the spirit of his son. That spirit is one of the self-same spirit, the father. The promise of the father which saith he, you've heard of me, the son. He has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. One of the self-same spirit, Galatians 4, 6. So he said, uh, that glory which thou gavest me, I've given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. We're one through with him through the word. Through these exceedingly great and precious promises. That's the only way through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Through obedience to that word. And the more we appropriate that word in obedience the greater that he will reveal his glory in and through us for his name's sake. Not for us, but for his name's sake. For the whole body in heaven and earth is named the name Jesus. 
and it gives him glory through the works that they see, these good works that you you do, that you may glorify the Lord Jesus, which is in heaven. He said that, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, Christ in you, and you in me, the body of Christ, that they may be made perfect, how? In one. So perfection is righteousness, which is holiness. It's not a dress code. It's not touch, not taste, not handle, not, which has a show of wisdom and will worship, not to the satisfying of the flesh, but worshiping God in spirit and in truth, broken, humble, and contrite spirit, becoming one with God, being made perfect in one. How? Through the word through sanctification, through a progressive glorification from glory to glory, even as by, not us, not of our works, as by the Spirit of the Lord. Why? That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as thou hast loved me. Now, He's declared the name. He goes on and said, Father, why is he praying to him? Because he's in the days of his flesh. God's going to glorify his own human, his own body, back to himself. The servant is God, made in the likeness of men, Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I've chosen that you may know and believe me and understand. I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I, even I, am the Lord. I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer. Isaiah 43.10 on. Isaiah 43.10 tells you who that servant is. He's the Lord. That man is God. Anybody tells you that he's not is a liar and the truth is not in him. Whosoever, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the Father of the Word, the Holy Ghost, God Almighty, who was manifest in the earth in the days of his flesh, 1 John 5, 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the Father revealed, is born of God. 1 John 5, 1. I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. The man Christ Jesus made and under the law is glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5. Now listen, in Revelation 3, 21, we don't believe, according to the scripture, that Jesus, the man, is sitting on the right hand of God. They did not use the word chire there, a physical right hand. He used the word dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, meaning I have literally exalted you. I've elevated you. Well, his right hand means he's exalted. That is, let the same Jesus, let the house of Israel know, Acts 2.36, that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him. Made him what? Both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. That's the reason in Revelation 3.21, Jesus said, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, a place I prepared for you. I did it. It's all in him, by him, and through him. We didn't do anything to prepare that. He did. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and I am set, it's E-T, a state of glory already for forever settled in heaven. From beyond, from the beginning, the word. 
even as I overcame and am set. S-E-T, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, set down with my father. Where? Not around it, not beside it, in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given to him. Acts 2.36, made both Lord and Christ. And that's Jesus glorified back with the Father's own self, John 17.5. Now, with that was Revelation 3.21. Now he said, that glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. What? The word of God. And that lamb slain from the that lamb slain from the foundation of the world is a mystery of the wisdom of God that can only be spoken to the perfect in 1 Corinthians 2, second chapter. Now notice, next one. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. That known thee there is I know you because he knew God in a way that we, we know him as a gnosko. And epigonosko, we come into the full image of Jesus unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Ephesians 4.12. But Jesus said, he knows God. Why? Because he is the express image of the Father. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is not a man that was made God. He is God that took on him the form of a servant, not the other way around. He is God that was made flesh, the word that was made flesh. He is uh, that spirit of God that made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant. He's in the form of spirit. He takes on the form of a servant. The servant and the spirit are one and the same. That man is God, always has been God. And Jesus said, you must believe that I'm the father. If you don't believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 24. John 10, 30. He is that everlasting father, Isaiah 9, 6. With that said, he said, but I've known you and these have known that thou hast sent me the word. He is on his vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the word of God. That's that name. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. And I have declared unto them thy name. What's the name of the Father? Thy name? Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. He is God manifest in the flesh. That's that mystery, the mystery of wisdom, the mystery of godliness. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Who was justified in the spirit? God was. That man is God, has, is God, has been God, and always will be God. Just because he emptied out of glory and took on the form of that servant, that servant is God. That man is God. Took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of man, found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him, given him a name that is above every name. We believe in the name of the Son of God. What is that? If you hadn't heard that podcast, please do. Have you believed in the name of the Son of God? Tune in. What's his name? The name of the Father. It's the name of the Son. It's the name of the Holy Ghost. Singular name. What's that name? Jehovah is salvation. That's the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 28, 19. And because we, I have declared of them thy name, the Father's name, Jesus. We know that. We know he is the, the Lord. And will declare it. Why? Because he's going to declare it through the body of Christ. We're preaching that everlasting father, the 
Prince of Peace, uh, the mighty God, Jesus Christ. We're still looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, out of 13. And we'll declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them, and you and me, made perfect in one, and that is holiness. Holiness is the final consummation in perfection. That we didn't do it. It wasn't our faith. It wasn't our kingdom. It wasn't our working. It was God that did it in us, through us, and by him alone. God working in us, both the will and do of his good pleasure. And when it's completed and God gathers all things together in one to the praise of his glory, what that, that we have obtained the glory of God, which ordained the glory for us, the body of Christ. And because of that, that's a mystery of wisdom. We're not holy. He's holy. But we're holy only through him. And the different states of glory, newborn babes, little children, young men, fathers. We finally grow up in him in all things. So what is holiness? Holiness is the final consummation when God gathers all things together in one in Christ to the praise of his glory, his holiness, his kingdom, his power, his glory. And we partake of it. There's nothing we can do of ourselves. It's all by him, in him, and through him. When we have that revelation, now you make your calling and election sure? How? By Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Don't do your will anymore. Holy and acceptable before God, which is our reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. That's that sanctification through the truth. Thy word is truth. How did you do it? Well, it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. How do we know what to do? We're reading the word of God. The word of God is strong in you, young men. And you, you, you've overcome that wicked one. You, you have overcome the devil, the world, and your own flesh. How did you do it? Through his spirit, not of your own works, not of your holiness, not of your own righteousness, but his. Simply by partaking of and obedience to, yielding your members as servants to obey of obedience unto righteousness, which has fruits unto holiness. Romans 6. When you have that, you won't get bent out of shape because there's not enough money here for that or uh, there's a, a flat tire on the car who, how you going to do that or you've got you know, somebody said well I've got millions in the bank I, you know I said eat take eat drink be merry take down ease I ask much good stored up well friend I feel sorry for you because when that night comes he said thou fool thy soul shall be required of thee then who shall those things be so, that, so is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Now, if you're rich toward God, he'll give you billions. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Hallelujah. But it's for his kingdom. It's not for the exaltation of the flesh. Look here what God gave me. And I got this house. And stretch limo. And this, that, and the other. Millions of dollars in the business. Somebody said, I'll be glad if this business just went. 
with this COVID-19? Well, of course. But be content with such things as you have. For God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So at this point, at that time of uh, that holiness revealed, the kingdom revealed, when he comes to be glorified in his saints, kings and priests will reign and rule with Christ in the earth a thousand years. That's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But it's God that worked in you both the will and do of his good pleasure. It was through the word of God that you were not conformed to this world, but you were transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's how you prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. And you have to prove that will and do the will of God and make your calling and election sure by doing the will of God. Because if we don't do the will of God, he's already stated in the bylaws and the constitution of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 7, I will say, depart from me, you that work iniquity, because you did not do the will of my Father. You didn't do the will of God. We must do the will of God. That is holiness. When you do the will of God in a broken and contrite spirit, crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. You have sanctified yourself, both body, soul, and spirit. Knowing how to, to possess your vessel, and not in uncleanness, but holiness. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God, which is the mystery of wisdom. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And it is through that that we have true divine partaker of his divine nature, what is called holiness, and his name is holy. If you like what you're hearing, please uh, subscribe to the channel there. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, that that uh, that wisdom of God, that mystery of the wisdom, I uh, want to give that to you again, 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, verse 6, 7, and 8, 9, and 10. And I think you'll find that 1 Corinthians 2, this uh, podcast being the mystery of wisdom, uh, that mystery of holiness, the mystery of that righteousness. And it's all in him, by him, and through him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, Paul said he wasn't perfect yet. Timothy, watch what he said here, and then I'll close this podcast which is on that mystery of wisdom, which is a mystery of holiness. He said here in uh, the second, the second epistle, second Timothy, second epistle to Timothy, and the second chapter, and he says here, verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, Having this seal, there's a seal of the living God, which we're approaching the sealing of young men, and we will go on and be sealed with the mind of Christ in Revelation 7 as fathers. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, Jesus, understanding that name and the revelation of that name, the name of the Father, another son of the Holy Ghost, the name of God Almighty, that name of Christ, depart from iniquity. Depart from being led of your own will. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. And some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man, it's up to us. 
If a man therefore purge himself from these, from the works of the flesh, from uncleanness, from the 23 things that bring forth death in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh, which are these, adultery, fornication, adultery, fornication, and goes on, emulations, strife, etc., etc. When you get through those, he, if he purges himself from these, he shall be a vessel under honor for what? Sanctified. That's where we get the word saint, called to be saints. All of us are called to be saints. Sanctified through the truth, thy word is truth and meat for the master's use. You'll be used for the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4.12. He's getting us prepared for that right now. And prepared unto every good work. Friend, it's now. And we can see there, uh, remember the exhortation, Paul, Hebrews 12, verse 14, follow peace with all men. And holiness, without such, no man shall see the Lord. And then, talking about the holiness and sanctification from glory to glory, we'll, we'll finally end the podcast. First Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father. Remember whom he did foreknow? Them he also predestined, predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestined, predestinated them, he also called them, they called he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Who's doing this? Jesus is. Christ in you is doing it all. All we're doing is obeying. And we have more power to obey than disobey. It takes more effort to disobey the Spirit of God, Christ in you, than it is to obey it and to have peace that passes all understanding. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. Not of us. Not the pastor said do this and we do it and, and we did it because not because of neology. We got it on our knees, but because of theology. He said, do it, so I did it. I don't know why I did it. Well, blessed is a man that does not condemn himself in the thing which he allows. Go through the leading of the Holy Ghost unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. That's how peace gets multiplied. It's through that literal working and obedience of the Holy Ghost through you. And we've gone through there, add to your faith virtue, add to that virtue knowledge. Knowledge, temperance. Temperance, add to it patience. Patience, godliness. There's that God life. And great is that mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Now God is still manifest. He was manifest in the flesh, but now he's manifesting in through you, the body of Christ, the corporate body of Christ. And that's that mystery of godliness. What's the mystery? That Christ is now in you. God is now revealed in and through you. Jesus said, when I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. You're that city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. Friend, don't let anybody knock you out. Go on to perfection. Yield yourself, your members as, uh, as servants to obey of obedience unto righteousness, having your fruit unto holiness, and holiness is the completion, 
the final task, the completion of all things, that is to the praise of God's glory. And when he gathers all things together in one in Christ, that's running the race and winning that prize. We all run in now. All we have to do is obedience. And that obedience has its fruit in holiness. With that, that's a true holiness of God. That's the true sanctification of the Spirit. That's the true work of the ministry. By Him, in Him, and through Him, a great work. Now to be revealed in the last days, not revival, but the new thing that God is doing. If you like it, hit the like button, subscribe, and uh, get the notifications there. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, There, if God speaks to you, uh, let us hear from you. Praise God, neighbor. We want to invite you, uh, literally encourage you to give us a call for, as you can see on your screen, we are set up to do an outreach and evangelizing the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ for the sealing of God's people here in the last days. You'll see that we have a tractor-trailer rig, and on that rig is a tent, a gospel tent, that will seat up to 3,000 people. Now, don't let that discourage you because it can be set up to where it will be uh, a tent size for 300 people or 500 or 1,000 or up to 3,000. We have the instruments, we have the chairs, we have the gospel tent that if you would like a gospel tent meeting in your area where we can do social distancing, Setting the chairs eight feet apart, not six, but eight feet apart, several rows, and still get in over 1,500 people in social distancing. We can bring it to your area. If you would like to hear that Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, the sealing of God's people, where we are now in prophecy and eschatology, in that last day, work of the ministry, give us a call. That is Dennis Beard at DennisBeard.org. That's our website, www.DennisBeard.org or SealingGodsPeople.org. And let us hear from you. We'd like to talk to you. We can talk about where you would like to have a tent revival. Or maybe you would like just to say, well, Brother Beard, come to the church. Bring this to the meeting at the church. We'd love to hear from you. Well, let us hear from you. Give us a call. The number's on the screen. You'll see we have our own motorhome. We can drive to you anywhere in the United States. There, also with the tent, with the tractor-trailer rig, and our team of ministers that we bring there to your town, your city, to your state. So if the Lord deals with you, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. You'd like to have a gospel tent meeting or meet there and have a meeting in a meeting room or your church. Give us a call. Contact us at dinnerspirit.org, sealinggodspeople.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's meet. The body of Christ is coming together greater than it ever has before in the work of the ministry, in the unity of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son. Until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.